the Bitterfly Podcast. Knowledge is food, bitches. Eat up. Hey, everyone. Welcome to this week's episode of the Bitterfly Podcast with me, your host, Emily Autoboli. I thought I should start saying that, you know, on my episodes. Yeah, you should. Yeah, yeah. We've got Reggie C back on. Super fucking stoked to be talking to you again, dude. Thanks for uh, being here, my comedian friend. Hello, hello, Emily. <laughs> Thank you for having me. I think I am the first second time guest, repeat guest. Well, you are am besides I? my sister, but that was nepotism. So you're like, yeah. Great. Okay. Yeah. I'm, the, Consider I'm the, old, yourself. the one who's earned it. Yeah. <laughs> hey, I mean, nice. she, she birthed a baby and we had to talk about the follow-up, you know? So yeah, that, Okay, that's true. That's fair. But yeah. Um, yeah, that's great. I feel very honored. Yes, as the prophecy foretold. I'm glad. I don't think anybody knows this, but last time we recorded episode 11 of the Bitterfly podcast, uh, the saddest fucking thing ever happened. And the whole thing got deleted about five minutes after we saved it. Uh, tragic. We had yeah. to record basically the whole thing again. Like, who do you know can have the same conversation twice? Emily and Reggie can. So I think the second time so. was better. It was dope. It was. It felt more natural. It was one of those things. I'd never been on a podcast before. So now, now I'm a complete veteran, obviously. Mm-hmm. Um, <laughs> but yeah, that's true. We did a great job. Yeah, so welcome again. Um, nice hairs cut. I noticed you got your hairs cut. Thank you, yeah. thank you. Haircut, skin care. Yeah, got to take care of yourself when you reach, you know, almost 30. You got to start doing that shit. Mm-hmm. I'm kind of sad yeah, about it. I like looking like a bum, but I recognize like as I get older, that's like less and less okay. Yeah, but you can get away with it in major cities. If you're in like Portland or LA, you know, it's so easy. Seattle even, yeah. you can totally dress. You could be... A hipster or homeless nobody would really tell the difference <clears throat> that's true oh my god i saw the hottest homeless guy as i was like driving past the street corner the other day like i almost took him home and then i was like no emily <laughs> um, i think you tweeted so, about that <laughs> yeah i definitely did check me out on twitter everyone the butterfly pod um today i was building furniture i built a shelf um okay. which i thought was pretty cool i got a good idea while i was doing it i thought why don't they have porn of women just building furniture? You know? Oh, yeah. It's pretty interesting. Like, you put something together and you realize it's backwards and then you got to undo it and then you got to redo it. And if we just did that naked, I think that could make a lot of money. Maybe I'd I should it. do that. Yeah, you'd click it? Yeah. You know, it's funny, though. Some things, some things, there's like good naked and bad naked. I feel like <laughs> a lot of people don't understand. Like, using a screwdriver, probably not. <laughs> it's probably not in the good naked category. <laughs> I saw this documentary on Netflix about a nudist community actually speaking of, and mm-hmm. this couple does woodworking in their garage, butt ass naked. Wow. They're like, yeah, like we wear shoes. That's like the safety precautions we That's take. It. And it's like, mm-hmm. oh my God. Um, but getting so sand. what's <laughs> getting sand get some sawdust dust in your ass crack. Yeah. <clears throat> yeah. So what's new with you? You just did an open mic night for the first yep. time. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um like, like, how was that? Was that yeah, your first time you back know, in like a year? It is. It's been like 18 months since I've done any comedy stuff, you know. Um, it, 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 growing up in like, you know, Western Washington, like we had Seattle, I had Seattle and Tacoma. Shout out to the Tacoma Comedy Club. That's where I, uh, you know, cut my teeth 
which is a term I've never said that idiom in my life. I don't know why I just said that just now, but um, that's that's where I did my first open mics. And you get the craziest people, and you get some great great content. It's it's like going to uh, karaoke, you know, like you're gonna see some great shit and you're gonna see some terrible shit. But either way, you're entertained because you're drinking and you're just watching people go up and try their best. Uh, but yeah, when I first got here to Portland, um, I did it. I went up like two or three times. Did a couple four or five minute sets. Did a great job. It's really fun. You know, this is all BC before COVID, um, but it's just been really tough since the pandemic hit. You know, this it's the one thing you and I have talked about it. Like when you're creating something and you have, you know, if you're a TikToker, like your TikTok episode, you know, you could do a lot of stuff virtually and do skits at home and everything. But comedy, I mean, to get practice, you've got to be on stage. And there's all this Zoom comedy, and it's it's just rubbish. <laughs> Well, just um, as a as a warm up question, mm-hmm. yeah, as a warm up question, when did you realize you were funny? Because something you said on the last podcast is that mm-hmm. uh, to be a comedian, it's kind of like inherently like egoic, you know, like you you mm-hmm, have to think mm-hmm. you're funny to want to get up on stage and like be a comedian and make other people laugh. So, like, when did yeah. when did you realize like, oh, I'm funnier than the average person? it's really interesting because I've always said it's like a very self-centered thing to want to do but when I go to these open mics and I see people performing some of the people are so introverted and they just have funny thoughts maybe they're not even the funny person of their group you know and then there's people who clearly think they're the funniest person in the world and they're really not good at writing jokes and I think I'm somewhere in the middle um but for me like my whole family is extroverted and loud and funny and my mom's hilarious you know it's like really tough to to get a word in. So I just remember, it's funny. I just told my coworker, the funny, the funniest, the first thing that ever happened to me that I, that I said something hilarious was when I was like six or seven years old, my mom got like a big gift card to go to this really fancy sea. She like won a sweepstakes at her job. We went to this fancy seafood restaurant. We sat down, we all had a meal. It was great. And, and the server came by and she asked us, like, hey, so how was everything? And as an adult, you know, that's just, you know, small talk. You don't actually have an answer for that shit, you know? Yeah. And I'm like, and I look at her straight in the face as a six-year-old, you know, connoisseur of food. And I said, it was good, but Denny's is still better. <laughs> I was like, I was like, I like Denny's better. And I remember like she was cracking up. My parents were laughing. The tables next to us were laughing. And I'm sitting there with like a straight face absolutely no clue why this is funny to anyone i thought i was just <laughs> stating a fact of like this establishment is worse than denny's that's just a that's just common knowledge everyone knows that um but that that's like the first time i ever felt like oh wow maybe i could be kind of funny and i was like that in class too i was kind of like a cl- I, w- I really cared about school but you know, I always like to make a little quick joke, you know, I was the kid who whenever there was like the funny, the bad word when you're reading in English class, you know, you get so excited to say it out loud, you know, popcorn reading. So what has it been like trying to get into comedy? Because you you clearly progressed from like a restaurant dinner table yeah. to performing for like a live crowd outside, I'm yeah. assuming, right? Because COVID. Yeah, the most recent one I did. Yeah, it's interesting. It's like, it's such a unique art. And I feel like, you know, with you and podcasts, people who are, you know, artists, or you maybe you 
are a YouTuber or on TikTok or you do whatever, whatever your craft is, you know, I, I think it really all comes down to, you know, figuring out how to get the motivation and, and to have the passion for it. And like the book that actually helped me the most was called um, The War of Art which is this guy named uh, uh, Stephen Pressfield. Check him out. He's actually, it's the only book he wrote about like self-help, but he's a writer himself. He writes all these books about like Sparta and ancient Greece and stuff. But he wrote a book about, you know, how to, how hard it is, you know, to create and to be a creator. And, and he talks in my favorite thing, this is my one wisdom of nugget or wisdom, <laughs> nugget of wisdom, <laughs> wisdom of nuggets. Um, he said was like, uh, he's like the muse, favors the working stiff she doesn't like prima donnas so like if you want inspiration you got to go in day in day out and just sit down and do your painting or sit down and do your writing or sit down and do your video you know you just gotta you, you can't be a prima donna about it you got to just get in and be a foot soldier and so I've really tried to really think of it that way and I just have a notes app on my phone with thousands and thousands of funny stories or little quips and I'll write something down that I think is funny. And I think there's a joke there. And then I'll forget what that I'll, you know, I have, you know, pizza cutter in my phone. And I'm like, I don't know what the hell that means. Like, that's just my, <laughs> that's my little reminder. I'm like, I don't know what the hell that's what it is. But you know, it, it, I think that's how a lot of people do it. I, I like to write in an actual notebook and journal and, and just try things out. You know, you only get three or four minutes in it. And you'd think that's not a lot of time, but it, it really flies by or it really can linger on too, if you're uh, bombing, like you're doing terrible, uh, <laughs> which you're likely to do. And I have done many times. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that reminds me of like this TikTok I saw recently. I forgot who it was. I think she's an author, mm -hmm. but this girl was talking about, um, maybe she was a philosopher. There was this woman mm -hmm. who wrote a piece of literature about how she thought that ideas were conscious beings. And mm -hmm. that if they, they came to you, but they could also leave you. And so if you didn't like utilize the idea or appreciate it, that like, it was kind of like a timing thing, it would leave you and it would yeah. go to someone else. And she came to that conclusion because she had this really obscure idea for a book one time and she just yeah. like slept on it. She didn't do anything with it. And eventually she forgot it, but she met somebody like years later who was like, I have this really great idea for a book. And it ended up being the same fucking idea with all the weird. same super weird, obscure details. That's and creepy. at that point she was like, wait, <laughs> I That's think like ideas, yeah, I think mm -hmm. ideas just kind of float around and they, and they go to whoever's going to like, you know, take a, take advantage of them and use them. So true. Yeah. So it, I think it's it really a lot. I'm always like, fuck, I forgot that. So, I knew that was a good idea. Now I can't. So it's kind of like just speaks to when you've got it, use it, you know? Yeah. Yeah. Use it or lose it. Mm -hmm. <laughs> so, but yeah, that being said, creating is really fucking hard. Like for sure. I mean, I haven't yet, but like since starting a podcast, I have this like mm -hmm. creeping, lingering, like every few weeks it sneaks up on me. And it's like the self-doubt of like, what if you run out of ideas? What yeah. if you run out of content? What if you yeah. hit a wall and you have nothing <laughs> left to say? You know what, what I mean? What if you're not funny? What if you're too say? old and you can't even keep up with the TikToks and the reels and the Snapchats and the OnlyFans? You know, it's just like, it, it's tough. It, Self-doubt is huge. I think the problem is really that we're all trying to turn our like hobbies into, you know, we feel like we have to to turn our hobbies into 
something lucrative. You know, we have to take our five tonight. Like I work a full-time job and I would love to stop working a full-time job and pursue this comedy specifically, yeah. you know, but I got full-time bills, you know, I don't, I have, I have full-time salary bills. I got a mortgage and a puppy. So that's about, you know, I can't really do that at the moment, but we have, we put too much weight on success in it instead of just you know creating and enjoying it you know what I mean right I'm so glad you bring that up because it's like it's not just enough for you to just like draw because you want to like you know yeah. you can't just draw for fun in your free time people are like oh so you're good at it oh so why don't you make money doing that and it's just like I think millennials it's just like we have to have a side hustle that's literally yeah. how bad the economy is in the job yeah. the job market and our savings and our ability mm -hmm. to like do these things that we were raised like being told that we were going to be able to do like have a house and all this stuff it's like yeah. you have to have a side hustle and you have to monetize it and i think about that every day with my podcast like when am i going to sell out and start doing ads and like i don't want to yeah. yet but so yeah, it's stressful. Like, I guess it gets into the conversation of like, what is making it? Like, what does that even yeah. mean? So, yeah. Gosh, that's so true. I, it, I, it's. What does it's, being it's, successful it's, even look like, you know? Yeah, it's just like, and everyone should have their own definition, but you know, we have, we have such a defined definition of the house and the picket fence and you have a spouse and you have, 2.5 kids and a dog, you know, it's like all these things for me when I was a kid, we didn't, I mean, it was mostly my mom alone for a long time. We didn't have a ton. And my goal in life was to have a guest room. That was it. I was like, That's I was like, so I know I will have, I know I will have made it when I have a guest room. And my parents came and visited me this weekend and they stayed in this room that we're in. So I've made it whether or not I succeed at coming. Yeah. Mm -hmm. <laughs> Let's follow. There's a queen bed right here. Mm -hmm. Congratulations. Uh -huh. Uh -huh. It's just, it, it's funny because people will put, people will put those constraints on you. I think that's the biggest problem is, you know, like I said, mortgage and puppy, my partner and I have been together almost almost five years now and we're not married and people are like, you are doing it out of order or you should do that. <laughs> you know, it's like your idea of success should be whatever you, your idea of success is. And I, I think you, there's too much outside external influence. Right. Well, we grew up in a rubric society. So like, to be honest, I'm not all that comfortable yet, like living a life where I do things that like nobody told me to do you know what I mean like we were kind yeah. of like just like primed and like brainwashed and programmed into like I'll not just tell you what to do but I'll tell you how to do it and so like yeah. now I'm just kind of like in this abyss of adulthood and I'm just kind of like I, I'm free but I don't really feel free I'm like bound by mm -hmm. the chains of my opportunity like they're just so vast and my choices are so mm -hmm. large like I I don't know what to yeah. do <laughs> I'm not yeah, moving at is. all <laughs> There is, there's like, there's like a, a option paralysis. It's probably not exactly called that, but I heard this term like McDonald's having too many items on the, on the menu, you know, it'll actually make you freeze up because you don't know what to order. You know, mm -hmm. it's like fine dining restaurants have smaller menus and they do a really yeah. good job at those things. Or Costco. Easier for you. Costco, or Costco has, yeah. Costco's nailed it. They've got one version, one size, one color, like that's it. Ex but, and exactly. so then, but then you're fine. With, you're happy with your choice because you're like, okay, cool. I didn't have to think mm -hmm. about it. That was all I had. So I'm yeah. satisfied, you know? Gosh, that remind that, yeah, that reminds me of like just dating in, in 
2021 or whatever in the last 10 years especially as dating apps have gone big like you real before when you got married you just married you know old boy from down the street because he it was your dad's son your dad's friend's son and you didn't have that many options and then your you get married <laughs> yeah it's, sorry your dad said that I mean probably depends on the state you're in but you know it's like you really would you would just marry somebody in your community and yeah. and now when you have literally millions of people on the internet it's billions. so hard <laughs> billions billions and it's so funny too because i tell my friends whenever you know whenever they're going to break up i'm like hey you know there's billions of other people out there for you like literally you're fine you're going to be fine um i really don't think that that one person was the one but you know when you have that many options it's hard to to choose one i think that's what makes it really difficult Mm -hmm. Yeah, maybe I should be happy that mm -hmm. this morning I got banned from Tinder. Banned. I'm not sure. I'm not sure why. I just got like I I tried to open it and it was like your account has been banned. I think that means forever. I think like literally like my email and my phone number wow. are forever banned from Tinder. It was the only dating app I had. I didn't post anything inappropriate. I mm -hmm. didn't talk to anyone and and like nothing. No behavior of mine on Tinder mm -hmm. could have been misconstrued for commu uh, violating community guidelines. I don't know what happened, but. I was kind of like, okay, cool. It's fine. Because again, I was paralyzed by the choices on there. There were too uh -huh. many. I didn't know what to do. I was stressed out. So strange. Yeah. I've been out of the game a little too long, mm -hmm. but I do have buddies who will show me their hinge profiles and it's lit. Like I got to say, like <laughs> if I had hinge when I was 22, I would have went on so many dates. Like it's so great. Like it actually has so much more like when you're on Tinder, you do have, you got nothing to go on to message somebody like a question. Like I, I don't even understand. And I preferred Bumble also because mm -hmm. I liked, like, I liked leaving the ball in the woman's court. If you're like a hetero male, it's so nice to one, not be bombarding all these women who are not interested in you with messages like on Tinder. And two, if a girl was interested, she had like 24 hours to message you. It was great. It was like, I I was like okay, do it. It's too stressful. I don't use Bumble because I don't like that pressure. I don't want the ball to be in my yeah. car. I want someone else yeah. to do the work. <laughs> That's good. I It's funny. I had one successful date and it was from Bumble. And a girl had said, I had put like some cheesy fucking, you know, just out of college. I was like optimist, feminist, pacifist, <laughs> you know. And she was like, optimist and feminist. Those are my favorite ists. <laughs> I was like, okay, yeah. <laughs> yeah, we had a great smooth. Day. Yeah, I think smooth. like the the podcast will have to be like my new like dating app because Hinge mm, never sends mm -hmm. me, never texts me the code. So I'm like locked out of that heaven as well. And I hate Bumble. Jeez. So I guess I'm gonna have to meet someone in real life. Um anyone listening. But we're in a pandemic. <laughs> <laughs> we're in a pandemic though. I'm yeah. I'm vaxxed. I'm vaxxed and waxed. Um, <laughs> anyone listening my bio said uh must love dogs in mornings so mm. you know apparently that's actually a really narrow scope i got a lot of messages being like i like one but not the other i'm like learning to like mornings i love dogs and i'm like yeah but you gotta have both mornings you gotta like, have like, both. like mourning the death of a loved one um no <laughs> like when the sun <laughs> rises oh yes oh that yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That, that, no, those, that even, seems pretty that seemed pretty straightforward not even like early mornings just like you have to like the morning you can't yeah. be like a grouch in the morning you yeah. should be like happy when you pop out of bed like getting my coffee is my favorite thing to do if we can't mm -hmm. do that together we ain't gonna work you know yeah. but 
Uh, yeah, so. we would not. We would not click. I am. I am not myself, and I am literally the grumpiest, awful. I had a boss. My first boss, working as a 22 year old, like right out of college, doing this like full time thing. I work in college admissions, by the way. There's a there's like a tweet going around about my trauma is between me, my mother, my counselor, and the admissions officer who read my whatever. And 17 <laughs> people have sent me that fucking tweet. But anyway. Um, I, my first job, I I, had, I used to have to get to the office at 7.30, which was just way too early. Like, mm-hmm. I never took a class before 9.15 in college. Like, that, so I was not a morning person. And and my boss, she was so nice. After, like, one month, she just realized that I was just such a grumposaurus that she just wouldn't talk to me till like, 10 o'clock. And it was that she was the nicest person in the whole world. I, yeah, I was awful. <laughs> I am grumpy, yeah. and 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 my partner, she really, she really gets the brunt of it because she'll say, you know, I'll be so nice to, I'm so nice to like customer service reps mm-hmm. and like and like waiters and servers, and if I'm just in a bad mood in the morning, she just gets the face full of it, and and she's like, why why are you so nice to that, why are you so nice to that person on the phone at Comcast? I'm like, they're they're lowering our internet rate, baby. Are you lowering? Can you lower my bill? I'll be nice to you if you can lower my monthly rate. I got you. Yeah. Well, good on Allie for dealing with that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah um, but so <laughs> dating apps are weird because I feel like in this day and age, everyone's always selling something, right? Like, yeah. like we said, everyone has a side hustle. Yep. Even if you're not making money from it, it seems like these days, everyone is pushing something and if you're one of those people that just like hasn't found your entrepreneur life yet Mm -hmm. or you know you're not pushing anything in particular on a dating app you're still pushing yourself you're still a brand you know you are the brand brand. your personal Mm -hmm. brand we're all just fucking marketing like literally Mm -hmm. left and right all the time and it's like i think about that a lot especially with this podcast Mm -hmm. it's like the four p's right like you want to hit your target market at the mm-hmm. right price, the right place. Like you forgot the other ones. <laughs> oh my God. I'm literally people, blinking people, the right people. What's the fourth P? Oh my God. Um, anyways, anyways, you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. It's like, it is you have to you really feel like you have to have a, a small degree in marketing to be on a dating app and to do anything. It, it, it's just like, what what's your age range? I'm curious. What's your like range on the app? Oh well, fucking Bill Gates going single had me. <laughs> Bill Gates getting divorced. Uh, I upped my age to sixty five. So mm, there you go. Um, hey. be- before that, it was at sixty because I was like low key seeking sugar daddy. Like yeah, that, if that happened, I wasn't love that episode. Be mad. By the way. Wasn't going to be mad about it. Okay, sorry. The four piece. Product, price, place, and promotion. Mm, promo- yeah. Mm. So we're basically all just fucking running like marketing campaigns all the time. Yeah, like everywhere. We so all true. we should just, we should, good on people who got marketing degrees. Because I got a C minus in my marketing class. And I think yeah. it shows. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, who knew? Who knew we'd all need it, you know, with this thing? It's... Yeah. Well, it's just a weird byproduct of being in such a capitalistic society. Like it's yeah. just, every everything's got to make you money, even yeah. yourself. You know, we're all just trying to like get a leg up so that we can relax and like yeah. retire and like be comfortable. 
I know it's sometimes for me, it's like the people who really get to these crazy levels of wealth, like celebrities and stuff. Like, I, I really don't know. Uh, I feel like I would stop at one. I would stop at such an early point. Like the, the celebrities <laughs> who just like become recluses and just like, you make a million dollars, you can invest that. You're probably okay. And it's like, just be done. Just go to like the Maldives and open up a like mango stand and just be done. Literally. But that's the problem. Yeah. Well, it's like you get looped in, you get looped in and then I think mm -hmm. you get addicted to wealth and growing yep. it. And, but yeah, it's like at a certain point of like wealth and fame, I agree with you. Like, I think I would, I would stop. I would sidestep yeah. and chill. And it's kind of weird, like fame and success, whatever you want to call it. It's mm -hmm. almost like almost like pendulum where yeah. it's like, you have to be relatable to grow a large enough following that you really like can connect with people and like people like can vibe with, you know, if you're a comedian, like your content, if you're mm -hmm. like making skits on TikTok or whatever, like it's, it's gotta be something and people are like, yeah, no, I know exactly what that is. I've experienced like that embarrassment in my own life, whatever. Mm -hmm. um, but then it's like, as you grow more famous, yeah. You get farther and farther away from being able to really connect with people about oh, yeah. those, that like middle class perspective. You're not relatable. You're just not relatable anymore. You're out of touch. Yeah. And then it's kind of yeah. like as you like grow in like fame and wealth, you like reach a point where you are you're literally so out of touch. People like yeah. if they if they hung on from the beginning, like maybe just out of loyalty, they'll stick with you. But yeah, it's kind yeah. of like you want to be somewhere in the middle. Um, of yeah. that horseshoe and and not on either end but it's like how do you stay in the middle if, once you start growing you know what I mean I think it's really tough too and people and people lie. like this is a big thing with rappers I think this is the biggest thing with rappers because rappers rap about living in the streets and selling drugs and you know doing all this crazy stuff and then you know then they got Bentleys and they live in Malibu <laughs> and then they still try to rap about the same thing you can't do that anymore Jake J. Cole is one of my favorite artists because you know, now he's got a song called Fold and Clothes and he's literally just talking about doing laundry, eating cereal with almond milk and watching Netflix with his wife because that's what he does now. You know, I, I think it's really tough that the story I heard most recently was about the Oscars. Um, they actually, in LA, they literally bust all of these homeless people out of where the Oscars was being held. All, all these people that were around that didn't, that, you know, didn't, that were nomadic or whatever, got busted and then all these celebrities come down the red carpet and all the people are there watching them and worshiping them. And then they go in and the movie that wins best picture is Nomadland, which was about um, the homeless epidemic. In Essentially the someone being like a homeless van lifer. Yeah. Yeah. And it's just so, I mean, the, the hypocrisy is just so there. And I, I think that, that that's really something that a lot of celebrities fall prey to. Like, I don't know what I would want to do to get a, to get that level of success. You know, like what what would you wanna what would you wanna be to have that level of fame, but still feel like you're in touch and you're not gonna get bombarded. You know, every time you go to the grocery store. Like if you're an actor or a musician, you can't do anything. You can't you can't shop for yourself. What would you what would you want to do to get to be successful? without like being so out of touch like what is the career path to get to that level of success and still not lose it I have no idea that's a good question I think like being a C-list celebrity would be like where it's at because it's yeah, like nobody really expects like too much from you 
Mm-hmm. Like you've got fans, you've got people that like follow you and are like interested in like your personality, your vibe, whatever you're doing. But yeah. I feel like when you get famous enough, you have a lot of haters. Yeah. And I don't know that I could handle that. I don't want to be yeah, so tough. big that it's like cool to hate me. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, yeah some definitely. celebrities I... just like won't stop when they're ahead. Like Chrissy Teigen, like she gets so much hate on Twitter. I feel like she's like constantly uh, deactivating her Twitter account just yep, to like yep. get it again. And like then her feelings get hurt again. It's like people love to hate her. Yeah. Um, and I'm not saying that that's right or deserved, mm-hmm. but yeah, I feel like she just keeps getting back on the merry-go-round. I don't yes. know. Fame is weird. <laughs> it's weird. I would love, I would love to be a voice actor. If you were, a, if you were like in a million mm-hmm. kids cartoons, you'd be so famous. And if you went to Comic-Con, like people would love you and they would recognize you, but you could go to the grocery store, you know, like Tom Hanks cannot go walk around in an Ikea without mm-hmm. being, without everyone stopping everything, you know? Totally, yeah. That, that, I think that would, <laughs> that would, that would probably solve that problem. It's, it's tough. Yeah, C-list yeah. would be great. <laughs> C-list, D-list, <laughs> like, I don't want to be on anybody's radar, you know? Yeah. Like, don't perceive me. I don't want to be seen that <laughs> Recognize much. You. You, you know what's crazy? I was actually in Japan with my friends a couple years ago, and I was walking by this, like, we were at a temple area, and it was really quiet, and I just like locked eyes with this white lady and she was like looking at me and I looking at her and it like, I had that weird like familiarity, like, oh, wow, that's like probably my friend's mom or maybe she was like a counselor or something I had. <laughs> and, and I was like, oh my God, that's Leslie Mann. And she's a, she's an actor. She's, she's in like a, this is 40 and 40 old virgin, like all these movies with Judd Apatow. Oh, she was in the other woman with. Yes. The um, other woman. Um, yeah. She's great. And it was her. And me and my buddies like turned around and we like took like a really sneaky photo of them. And it was like dead silent. But I'm like, man, if I was a celebrity, just go to like a random country that they don't know you in. Because mm-hmm. then they were just they were just regular old white people there. It was just it was great. Like they weren't getting bothered at all. And so we didn't want to bother them either. So we just took a sneaky photo and left. It's great. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, no, she's a perfect example because it's like, yeah, I know who that is, but like I don't mm-hmm. I wouldn't freak out about it if I saw her. And that's like exactly. that's a sweet spot. Yeah. Yeah. Um, in other news, besides the Oscars, something else mm-hmm. that happened recently is uh fucking Bill Gates. I mentioned his divorce. Yeah. Um, yeah. how come I just want to ask you, how come the two richest men in America are getting divorced during COVID? <laughs> Yeah, that's so interesting. I, I mean, and like I, we we bought a house during a pandemic because we're very very sensible people. Um, but <laughs> it is make or break. You, I mean, like we you get if you're around your significant, and we were both working from home forever. We're now like leaving the house every day or every other day. So um, you know our relationship's great now. No, but it's just like one of those things where it's like it's like I mean you get the smallest little things will tick you off. I I, I could totally see it. It's I I can't imagine that a giant, one of Bill Gates' giant mansions isn't enough space for them to have away from each other. You know what I mean? That's like, yeah. uh, it's like, yikes. I, I mean, I, I, a lot of the people I know have either really solidified the relationship or it's over. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just how it is. It's going to bring out the worst in you. Oh, yeah. I was on um, The Neighbors Upstairs, this other podcast mm-hmm. recently, and we were talking about how like COVID is just kind of like, forcing the real questions like yes like do you actually want to be with this person mm-hmm. you know in relationships that might have taken like a year are they're expedited they're taking like yeah. three months for you to figure out like yes i actually like this person and it's kind of insane like we're yeah. just we're moving 
and grooving yeah and yeah lots of shit is ending so many yeah. breakups yeah. um i wonder how much like music about breakups is going to come out of this yeah that's period. true i'm waiting i'm waiting for all the bangers <laughs> the, su the summertime <laughs> bangers from from your covid breakup i think another big thing is like self-improvement i think that's a big thing i've been seeing like a lot of people are like i'm i've been reading more books you know like i do you know i i got a um i got a bathroom scale Allie was like, I don't want that type of negativity in our house. <laughs> so I had to like hide. But like doing all those things. The big thing for me, I did like a six-week social media cleanse. Oh, good for you. you. Know? And I was very proud. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny though. You get so bored. I was like scrolling Venmo. <laughs> <laughs> you know what I mean? I'm like on Goodreads. I'm on like Cash App, just anything. I was on LinkedIn. I was like updating my resume and shit. You get so bored. <laughs> but Highly recommend. I've I've done the Venmo scroll. I actually yeah. don't love, uh, dare I say, I hate the social media aspect of Venmo. Like, I think yeah. it's so weird. I don't need to know that you paid your mom for some weird thing. Like, yeah, it's really bizarre. Or see, like, your interactions with your landlord. Yeah. I, I will say Goodreads is, like, the best kind of motivation for, like, because I see people posting and reviewing books, and I see, and, like, finishing a book in, like, a month or something, like, that's a new record. Who does that? I'm, like, <laughs> I gotta, it's like, I, I, it, it really motivates me to, to read is actually that social media. So, there are some benefits of it. Um, so, sure. like, what did you read while you were on your social media cleanse? Um, wow. I, I read a lot of nonfiction. I like a lot of self-help like type books or just improvement stuff. Um, I, and I've been reading like fantasy. I, you know, you know me <laughs> that, that I wasn't allowed to read Harry Potter when I was a kid, um, because it was witchcraft and all that bullshit. Mm -hmm. Um, so I read Narnia and it's like my comfort. I've been like reading, they're like three hour audiobooks. I really like audiobooks too. Um, oh, cool. So that's a big one, but I'll recommend another, but I haven't recommend too many books. The one I'm reading right now that you would enjoy, and I think a lot of your listeners would, is very popular right now called How to Do Nothing by Jenny O'Dell. And it's like resisting the attention economy. And it's about, it's literally about, you know, avoiding social media and all these, um, you know, companies that want your attention and not, and not giving your neighbor, not looking your neighbor in the eye and ign ignoring like homeless people. And you're not stopping and watching the birds around. It's very hippy dippy at some points, but I truly think it has a lot of good things to say in it for sure. Mm -hmm. That's yeah, what that's I'm currently really, reading. That's interesting. Yeah. We are like in an attention society, you know, yeah. whatever you give your attention to, you're giving like your energy to, and you're absorbing yeah. the energy from that thing. Mm -hmm. I've been thinking about that a lot lately and, too. Yeah. Just like the and, negative vibes, they're contagious. We have mirror neurons, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the people like you yawning. spend time with, <laughs> the ideas yeah. you spend time with really become mm -hmm. your reality. Yeah. yeah, it's so true. I and and the pro, and the funny thing is you'd think that the companies would like slow down, but I think people are getting like the companies are just trying to get more creative or they're like referencing the pandemic or they're being like super woke or something. Like the funny one I was thinking about that happened right when the pandemic hit to like keep people coming and they got to make money. There's a big popular strip club in Portland and it went drive through. It like made national news. I don't know if you saw that. They had a drive through. I was like, I now that is that. lit. <laughs> yeah. I was like, there you go. Um, but it's just, it's all about, it's all about the bottom dollar. I mean, that's just how it is. Yeah, totally. But it's kind of like, I, yeah, I definitely get like fatigue from, from too much. Yeah.
Yeah, yeah, too much for sure. I know ads ads are really what sucks the life out of everything for me. We're watching Hulu and it's like there's an ad every every three <laughs> minutes, there's a 90 second ad. I'm like, I'm watching more commercials than I'm watching than actual content. Yeah. Dude, yeah. you should get Hulu no ads. I think it's actually I know. It. They really do like rape, they rape you with ads. It's not okay. We need uh, to stop I mean, them. It's just <laughs> inundated it's it, there really should be a memorandum or whatever i don't know the term they need there needs to be an embargo or some shit but i mean it, it's crazy because everything everything is runoff ads i mean if you look at like youtube or twitch you know all these people are doing this for free you can watch any youtube video you can watch any twitch stream completely free you can consume the content all the time and they don't care because amazon and google are making shit tons of money just by an ad being shown in front of, you know, 200,000 people. They make, you know, 0.1 cent off of every click and that's, you know, tons of money they make. Literally. Yeah, it's crazy. Um, yeah, the, the other thing I was gonna talk about was just feeling, like you said, we're feeling old in this pandemic too. It's just like, it's like, man, I feel like we've all like everyone and, and I work with seniors in high school. So I see it a lot too. You're, you're really missing a huge, we've all kind of lost a full year of mm -hmm. just growth and socialization. Like you said, we get the mirror neurons. We're not getting that type of social stuff, you know? Um, but I just feel like until I get back out and be social again, I'm just boring. I'm just so <laughs> dull. <laughs> like I have no excitement. You know, I was, I remember talking to someone about, um, commuting to work and it was like an engaging, <laughs> I was engaged in the conversation. <laughs> you know, I was like, wow. I was like, I, and I said, the sentence I said, I said, I said, I would kill for that commute. And, and I realized that my childhood is over. It's just it's like, right. I was literally. like, <laughs> it's like the fact that I truly enjoyed that cover I was like having like I was like oh you go you go down Shoals Ferry oh yeah I go down Johnson Street like just it's just over mm -hmm. yeah I got excited by going to the dentist the other day mm. I was hyped it was like the coolest Our thing dentist. I did this week <laughs> <laughs> that's funny okay I'll tell you a story about dentist I just went to the dentist like uh like a, like three weeks ago right Mm -hmm. And I go in there, hygienist was a super cool guy. And he put this like wrist um, blood pressure monitor on me. And he's, and the blood pressure comes back and he's like, whoa, he's like, that's pretty high, especially for your age. He's like, you might want to get that checked out. Said it like so nonchalant, just panic, put me in panic mode the whole mm -hmm. time I'm getting my teeth looked, I'm panicking about my blood pressure. Go home, I'm like Googling what I should, I, I just started eating like dates and banana chips. I was eating only like sunflower seeds for like a day for like three weeks finally go to the doctor and I sit down and then I sit down at the nurse and she does my blood pressure and she's like honestly you probably couldn't have a better blood pressure than what that is right now it's like that's oh. amazing I was like what and she's like she's like she's like you shouldn't trust those wrist things she's like I just go to Fred Meyer she and she's like and if you're a large she's like you have a large arm I'm like oh thank you very much that's very, that's very <laughs> uh, but she's like you need a bigger one that goes around your bicep you need the large size so I just went home and had like fried chicken skin and <laughs> tots alone but it was really it was really panicky so i hate the dentist and i'll never do the blood pressure check there don't do the mm. wrist ones mm. i mean i didn't have any cavities but i was low-key hoping that i would have one so i could get the nitrous uh -huh. while they're filling it because that's mm. the best part of the dentist Definitely. feeling like tinkerbell yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah but that's dentist, that's though. the age we're at i get excited about the dentist um mm -hmm. 
what's other lame stuff you've gotten excited about recently? Like it's like the COVID like yeah. brought the bar down so yeah. low. That's so the true. The lamest shit is exciting me. Yeah, I used to go to like a big, you know, go to Tacoma Dome. I would go to like the color rave and they're just shooting paint at you. And I'm like having a good time. And I'm like, yeah, it was all right. And now <laughs> I get fucking, I got granite countertops in my house and I've been taking <laughs> pictures of it every time. <laughs> just, I just sit at my granite countertop all day. Like this is, this is the life. This is the only thing that's exciting. Oh. <laughs> I guess you got a puppy. That's like that's pre-COVID excitement level. Yeah, that's true. Um, yeah, on on my profile it says unashamed dog dad on Instagram. Yeah, it's just, good. I'm all about it. Got the mask. I got the socks. He's my back mean, on my phone. You mean you have a mask with his face on it? With yes, yeah, so I have a I have a mask with his face on it. Yeah, Frankie. That's what's up. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> my little guy. Life, man. Yeah. We I was a, just looking yeah. at. Oh, I was going to say, I was just looking at, um, you know, when you get your ears professionally cleaned at the doctor and they stick that tube in and they like squirt water into it to kind of what fix the, the fuck? luggage. No. Well, I had this thought the other day. I feel like I, okay. So yeah, let me tell you the story. Um, mm-hmm. two years ago. I was on a Tinder date. I didn't know this guy at all. He was actually in episode mm-hmm. five of the bitter okay. fun podcast if you heard that but we were on a date in the woods and my dog like i threw the frisbee for her and she didn't get it went to a bush well i bent down and i reached into the bush and there were a lot of like branches poking out so i turned my face away so that i wouldn't get blinded uh-huh. by like a thorn <sighs> went perfectly in my fucking ear hole get the hell out of here and i turned my ear you know i jerked back super hard whatever uh-huh. got in my ear like broke off in my ear and like, I don't, yeah, no, this is like such a freak accident. So I get you the got first, penetrated by a bush. <laughs> literally, I got like raped by a thorn bush. And so um, I'm like, oh, fuck, that hurt. And he looks in my ear and tells me that he sees nothing. And mm-hmm. I'm like, okay, well, I feel like fucked up because your ears are, are yeah. like intimately tied to like your balance, right? Yeah, and so I'm just, I'm mm-hmm. super wobbly and we like go to the car and. I go over to my friend's house later and he looks in my ear and he's like, holy shit, there's like a branch with multiple thorns on all sides poking out. Uh-huh. So he gets it out. Anyways, my ears clogged. It's literally dripping blood for like a few it's days awful. before I could get into the doctor. And the doctor like pumped this, this thing I'm talking about. Like it, it was like a tube uh-huh. with water and the blood clot that came out of my ear was so large. It was actually insane. But anyways, so since I know about this <laughs> device, you know, years later, uh-huh. I, I again feel like I'm I'm not even sure what happened to that eardrum. Like we didn't really talk uh-huh. about it. I can still hear fine, but lately I've been like, I don't think I'm hearing in full capacity. Like I think my ears are clogged and you know, yeah. just another lame thing I'm excited about is I was looking online at a professional ear cleaner to like get out Ooh. earwax from your ear. Oh, so fun. We get our nails done. We get our mm-hmm. hair done, we get facials, we yep. shower every day. But like, when do we clean the insides of our ears? Yeah. You know what I mean? Like professional. Yeah. Like, why, isn't, why isn't that a thing we do in society? Like, oh, I'm getting yeah, my ears you need like cleaned. A, I get my teeth cleaned. You need cleaned. like an ear. Mm-hmm. I you get need my like an ear checked. canal. and. What's up with that? 
That is strange. Ear canal and navel cleaning services. You should start it if the podcast doesn't work out. I mean, there you go. Perfect. I think you right? Like an ear, nose, throat doctor. But I think people only go to yeah. those like when there's like a problem. What about like preventative yeah. care for my ears? Yeah. So, so true. Why did why, why ear, nose, why not ear, why ear, nose, throat? Like what, why not just be the whole head and sinus? Like I don't get it. <laughs> why, why is there not like an eyebrow? lip doctor I also i don't know but hella ents actually are performing mm-hmm. a lot of plastic surgery right now that's actually something else that i've been noticing about the pandemic mm. is that people be mm. getting hella plastic surgery i mean it's a great yeah. time to do something weird to your nose or your lips because we're wearing masks so you've got like that's... a full like year for that shit to you know heal up without anyone ever seeing it you know and then that's like so when covid ends you can take your mask off and re-emerge into society with like that perfect nose or like that perfect yeah. like lip filled um that's so true i got i mean i got the stash i did the covid stash for a long time without without any stubble you know i look like black ned flanders they call me blanders that's what they did <laughs> that was exactly right it's like like a the covid mustache is like is like uh you know it's like baking bread but for your face thank you like, that's, the covid mustache yeah yeah, everyone's yeah. like growing their hair out women are baking mm-hmm. bread and like learning yep, to crochet yep. again kombucha <laughs> people are really people are really getting back into into totally random shit i just read a whole article about pokemon cards are like going crazy selling because people just went in their attics and started finding old shit from 1997 pokemon cards that are worth like three hundred thousand dollars oh fuck yeah it's and like, that's just because they were bored right and they were like i should clean yes, out the attic <laughs> exactly it's like all these great it's just like man i wish i really wish i had something like that uh yeah no i mean keep it's almost like save everything you have now because like Mm -hmm. in 25 years it'll be like vintage and then i think it's the 50 year mark it becomes an antique so you're just gonna need to get a big ass storage unit okay keep everything you have now in a box when you're done with it and it will be worth Mm -hmm. something someday like apparently like vintage tupperware is like really fucking expensive now like you can sell that shit for like you know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah. You have no idea like what you own, what it will be worth someday. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Just keep your AirPods because you just, you can sell those in like a, in 50 years for like $3,000 million. It'll be super easy. Dude, I wonder, it's you, just so funny. Have you read all the articles about how bad AirPods are for your ears? I, I have exactly. You know, I, it's like they, Oh, they're bad for your ears? No, I heard that they're bad for the they're bad for the environment. That they just won't, they can't be destroyed. If you burn them, you're destroying the the ecosystem, and you, they won't de- decay at all. Oh. Wait, what? What's wrong with your ear? What do, What do they do to your ears? I wear them to go to the gym. Oh, enlighten me, ear oh. expert. Well, there's something about like the health risks of like the wireless like Bluetooth or whatever. Oh, of course. Uh, they've been saying they've been saying cell phones in your pocket lower your sperm count. Since like 2005, so <laughs> we're all screwed. There's just air. There's just technology in the air at all times. We're just screwed. Yeah, it's just we got like five G in our livers. Something about like the radiation or whatever of like the wireless Bluetooth and the AirPods isn't good for you. But like I did watch an ENT on TikTok remove this mm-hmm. like fungus earwax oh, you, from someone's you love ear that shit, huh? who i mean i need to see it it's important are you for like us a, to see are you like a <laughs> pimple popper md like fan actually no no not at all that shit makes me want to barf uh, yeah, but i do have deal. friends that really like 
like a stress reliever for them in their lives is to popsits they used to ask me if they could um yeah yeah no so yeah i don't have any airpods uh because the earwax thing i'm really you know this is going to be the year that i clean my ears yeah wow adulting you know adult goals just set goals for yourself and maybe one day kids you'll be able (laughs) you'll be able to clean your ear canals and have a guest room boom you've grown up yeah i really want to have like a fat ass walking closet that's so Mm -hmm. big it's like another room but it's like just for my like jackets because i have so many so that's like my that's my i've made it goal yeah that's a good goal i really like that yeah, totally. I, when I was a kid, I wanted like a pond in my backyard with an alligator in it. Oh, that's, that's what I want. That's sick. <laughs> and by kid, I mean like fourteen. But yeah. yeah. Okay. Well, are you gonna have that someday, or did Allie kind of like squash that dream? Oh yeah, no, no, no. This th- I have. I have a four by four swath of what I'm allowed to have. Everything else in this house is just wicker baskets and essential oils. <laughs> Nothing. No. No. This is my only personality. Is like these four by four feet on this wall everything else is bohe she's so boho that's it hairpins and (laughs) and dog stuff dogs oh my god he's got so many toys it's 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 actually ridiculous and he's not bougie there a lot of them are dollar tree toys so yeah so what's your plan Mm -hmm. for just kind of bringing it back all around yeah What's your plan for like commodifying your art, which is comedy, but like not getting too, like not letting your head get too big. Like, how are you going to stay in touch with the people? That's, that's great. I mean, the thing that's different, and and I think this really applies to podcast, to TikTok, podcast, Instagram, whatever your platform is right now, like comedy, like if you're funny, you're going to get likes, you're going to get laughs. And if you're not, it's going to be really awkward up there. And I've had some rough <laughs> times up there. I've had some great times up there, but I have it, like it humbles you so quickly. And I think what I've been learning is that it, it, it when I get to go out and do something, like I just got to go do an open mic outside and some of the mm-hmm. jokes didn't land. I was like, people are done. You got to know, you got to know you're on. I mean, people are done hearing about Donald Trump, by the way. I thought I was so funny. I had a joke about Donald Trump being the only president without a dog. I I was like, that should have been a bad sign. You know, like even the Grinch had a dog. That's what I said. (laughs) Proud of that. Just crickets. So I think, I don't think there's any worry of me not being, staying humble. I think, I think for me, it's like what you and I were talking about. It's like, you want to really toe that line of like working on your art, working on your craft, getting better, self care and, and not worrying about what other people will deem successful for you. You know, for me, it's just like, I'm just trying to do this better. I have a full-time job. This is what I'm doing on the side for fun, but it gives me, it excites me more than, you know, my Excel sheets and Zooms. So I, I'm, I might as well pursue it at the moment. Yeah. But that's also like, not to say that even if you weren't successful, like that you should stop doing it. You know what I mean? Exactly. That's, I think like, it's like a slippery slope. A lot of times is, we don't do the things that we're not good at just because we're not good at them, but we should do things we enjoy too. You know what I mean? Like, but that's the dream is like, it's like to make the dream in a capitalist society is to make money on something you enjoy. It's like that. That's the, that's it. It's like, if you can make money on something you enjoy my job, I like my job, but there are times when I'm just, I hate, I don't want to go. I don't want to wake up and commute and do all that. 
Um, and it would be awesome to be really excited about what I was doing to make money. But the thing I've been seeing most shared is uh, this like, I, I don't know who the quote is from, but it's just like, what's your dream job? And it's like, I don't have a dream job. I don't dream of labor. I literally don't dream of labor. <laughs> and it's so great. I just think it's the most, it's just, it's just delicious. Like I don't dream of labor. I want to sit on my couch with my puppy and I want to watch the Real Housewives of Salt Lake City. That's it. I don't want oh to do anything Oh my God. <laughs> that show. Bro. I almost brought it up when you talked about plastic surgery, but. I didn't yeah, know but... <laughs> that you were a fan of Real Housewives. There's I, I Okay. So, so. So Allie will watch like trash TV and it's on in the background and I'll be reading a book or I'll be watching YouTube or I'll be playing games. You can't ignore it. And yeah. And sometimes there's only a few shows that make me like put my shit down and watch it. And that's one (laughs) of them. Bridgerton was the other one. I really actually enjoyed that. I thought that was really juicy trash. But yeah. <laughs> some of the stuff, like she watched 90 Day Fiance and I just, oh I, like, have to walk, I have to walk out of the room. It's that's so another, cringe sometimes. That's another show I adore. Um, Marrying <laughs> oh Millions is another one. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But yep. no, Real Houses of uh, Salt Lake City. Did you hear uh-huh. that Jen Shaw got arrested for like, she had like a fraud money laundering oh, scheme going I, okay. on. I actually think Ali did tell me that. It's so, yeah. oh, it's so great. It's so, so great. So juicy. Oh my uh, God. Apparently it happened while they were shooting season two. So like we might hear about that. Ooh. Like in the, <laughs> in the episode. <laughs> in I know. the episode. <laughs> yeah, reality TV is great. I mean, you just got to love it. I think, uh, yeah. I think before pre-pandemic, I wouldn't have given these things a chance. Cause I'm like, I'm going to go outside <laughs> and do something. And now it's like, all right, guess I'll watch. Bar so low. Yeah, you're watching yeah. Real Housewives. <laughs> uh, who'd have thunk? <clears throat> who would have thunk? Yeah. yeah. Well, all we can do is just keep working on our creative yeah. outlets. Juice and... Keep the juices flowing. And also appreciate like when something goes right. You know what I mean? I feel like mm-hmm. we are so conditioned to like more 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 like yeah okay maybe you had something go viral maybe that was successful doesn't matter like do it again do it again do it again it's like we need to like stop and like congratulate yourselves on those little victories you know what i mean like you're so right no you don't take the time to do it yeah no nobody takes the time to just say hey wow I got 300 followers on Instagram at Comedy Reg, by the way, two G's. Um, you know, I'm like, yay, that's great. That's a good, that's a good thing. Plug, plug, plug. Um, but I, I really, I 100% agree with you. That, that's our advice from yeah. the Emily and Reggie advice for creatives. Yeah, don't literally tie yourself on the back. Like, don't take life too seriously. You know what I yeah. mean? Like, I feel like they're always saying, you know, oh, you had one good book. Who cares? Like, are you going to write mm-hmm. another book? It's about your breadth of work, you know? Yeah. Okay, who cares if you had one good podcast episode? You got to have more. And it's like, that might be true. I mm-hmm. do need to, like, niche down and do my thing and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, like, my categories. Like, what, what goes on Twitter? What goes on Bitterfly TikTok versus what goes on the Instagram? What can I talk about here? How do I best utilize those things? You know, the four Ps, right place, right person, whatever. Um, but yeah, fucking like love your shit. I also feel like creative content is more enjoyable for me as a viewer mm-hmm. when the person delivering it is like enjoying themselves. Yeah. You know, when when they think they're funny, when they mm-hmm. enjoyed talking about whatever it was, when they thought that joke was hilarious, like that I'm more likely to be like, yeah, 
Yeah, bud, you hit it it's, on the head. Yeah, and that's what sucks about, and that is the other thing about having so many platforms, like you mentioned. It can suck the fun out of it when you're like, okay, I got to come over with a good tweet today, and I got to have an Instagram post tomorrow, <laughs> and then I got to put this shit on TikTok, and now, and then we got the episode coming up. It's like people are people do spread themselves too thin because they feel yeah. obligated to. So yeah, definitely. That's why, like, I don't have a schedule. Like these episodes mm-hmm. come out like whenever the fuck they're done. Mm-hmm. Um, like sometimes two in a week, sometimes like one every three. It really just yeah. depends you know there's no like rhyme or reason because I think if I said you know every Wednesday at six I'm doing this yeah. I would immediately suck the fun out of it I would be like this feels like a job it's this a job. isn't fun yeah. so where are you going to do your comedy next where can um, we find your comedy if I'm not yeah. in Portland and I can't like go to an outdoor show and like boo your Trump jokes like where can I <laughs> uh yeah you know I really want to post on YouTube the most is what I really like video editing and photo editing are the two things I have worked on myself as what to work on um as like skills so YouTube it's just it's just Reggie Curtis comedy or comedy Reg you can type it in the big thing and on the Instagram you can find me and if you have any recommendations for good and affordable cameras DM me and tell me, please, um, Emily's amazing audience of Bitterfly, because I would love to get a better camera and start doing it. But I'm thinking summer, everybody's going to be vaxxed and waxed and outside. So I'm, ho- I'm, I'm very hopeful and optimistic. Okay. Well, yeah, next time you have a comedy event, we will get on here again and promote that shit. So Beautiful. people can find you and laugh at you or with you, preferably with you. But if it's at you, you know, I think that's still good. I'll take what, hey, <laughs> take what we can get. <laughs> self-deprecation humor. It's the millennial, like, we invented that shit. That's, ex- that's exactly right. <laughs> it's beautiful. Mm. <laughs> yeah. Well, do you have anything else that you want to add about Nothing. Life, Nada. you left no. it all out on the floor. I, it's yeah. all out there. Thank you, Emily, for having me. Appreciate you all. Work on your craft, whatever it is, whether you're a underwater basket weaver or a TikToker or Snapchat or whatever you do. Good luck. Good luck and keep doing your thing. Okay, mm-hmm. thanks, Reggie, for being on. If you guys want to find him on Instagram, his handle is at Comedy Reg and Twitter too. With two G's. Find him on Twitter as well. Sometimes he's on Twitch. Okay, thanks, Raj, for being on. This was super fun once again. And uh, I wish you best of luck in your in your joke writing. <laughs>